awesome. What an honor it is to have everybody here today in person, in-house. Look at your neighbor right beside you and tell them, say, have you lost some weight since the last time I seen you? Come on, encourage them. And so glad to have you in the room today. You're at our South Metro Atlanta campus. This is our broadcast campus. And so every one of our gatherings, we have the privilege to live stream to our incredible Germantown, Maryland family meeting in the greater Washington, D.C. area. So everybody in the room, can you welcome Germantown? Come on, they're meeting tonight. A couple of guys. Oh, come on, a little bit better. This is your family there. Love you guys. Bless you. Glad to have you. And then, of course, everybody watching online today. You're in your pajamas. Come on in your living room, drinking some hot chocolate. Honored to have you tune into the live stream. We'd love for you to participate in the gathering. So wherever you're watching from, go ahead and drop that in the chat feature there. Or if you got a prayer request or a need, our online campus team is always available. So we welcome everybody online. And then you know this, we've got a weekly tradition where we always give honor to the incredibly brave military men and women and those courageous first responders. I know you've been clapping a lot today. We do that. We do that a lot around here at Go Church. But the highest applause of appreciation should be focused on those that sacrifice and serve to give us our freedoms and to put their life on the line to protect ours. So come on, real loud, real proud. Go church, come on, let's honor the military. Those men and women, first responders, God bless you. How about five more seconds? Come on, I just feel like giving them thanks. There it is. It's great. And uh, listen, you're here on a great day. We're continuing our legacy series. And uh, what an honor it is to have a dear friend of mine, Pastor Dino Rizzo. Uh, Pastor Dino is no stranger to the Go Church family and probably no stranger to many of you. Um, he started Healing Place Church many, many years ago, and that church grew over 25 years to what is known to be a mega church. He's authored numerous books. He serves right now on the executive team at Church of the Highlands, one of the largest churches in America. He's the executive director of ARC, which stands for the Association of Related Churches. He's got a beautiful family wife, three kids, and the Lord's really blessed them. There's a, an entire resume that I could read about his accomplishments and achievements, but I just wanna make this a little bit more personal and say to you, Pastor Dino, how thankful I am for you. I feel even emotional just uh, giving you some honor here, but I don't know what I did to allow God to bless me with a friend and a mentor and a spiritual father like you, but man, I'm just grateful. Uh, the way that you encouraged Kimberly and I, the way you've championed us through just the journey and the vision, the way you just continue to support us. It's a tremendous honor. And I mean this, Go Church. Pastor Dino could be at any church in America on this Sunday, and that is no exaggeration of the truth. For you to carve out time to be here at Go Church in the middle of a global pandemic, standing or sitting in a room with a bunch of sketchy people. Come on, that's us. Be honest. It's just a tremendous honor and a privilege. So the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. So whether you're online today or you're in Germantown or you're in this room, could we stand to our feet and give honor to the man of God today, Pastor Dino Rizzo. Come on, give it up, go church family. Come on, real quick. Come on, come on, let's clap our hands for Jesus. It's always about him. It's great, great to see you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's all for God and you know, where would we be without the Lord? Goodness gracious, I'm just so grateful for his mercy. But I just felt the presence of God during the worship time. I, I know I needed that. So thank you, worship team, and all the team here who works hard. Then you pray that first Saturday of everyone. You could sense the prayer that's happening here at Go Church. You could tell, you know, there's, there's environments you walk in. You, you could tell it's a praying environment. And then there's another environment you walk in and you, you get sense, hey, we need, to, we need to up the prayers. And walking in this facility, this amazing facility, of course, at our other location also. And uh, you just sense God's presence. And so 
Uh, honored to be here. I love this church. So many things about this church. I love that you're multi-site. So what's happening there in our other location, of course, all the expressions online are so important right now. People watching on demand during the week. Uh, I got up this morning and, and got to watch Pastor J.C. Worley early this morning, so I've seen him twice. You know, it's amazing. In both messages, you were looking sharp then, and you look at fresh this morning. Come on, can we clap our hands for our pastors, Pastors J.C. and Kimberly Worley, the real deal. I'll say something about them in a moment, but just want to welcome you to Go Church. And just You know, I, I, I love the idea here and the heartbeat of this house. It's always been that all these years is loving people. Uh, to the point of you love them back to life, which I think is so important right now. And, and, you, and you do that for some reasons. And because you, you want to love them back to life so that they can, uh, of course, find Jesus reaching people, all the different ways that you're reaching people. You want them to be able to find uh, family, experience family in God's house. And you sense that here, whether you're online or you're right here, there's a sense of family. You want to love them place to a next step. I think everybody needs a next step in God, and we'll give you an opportunity to take a next step and also to experience community and faith as it relates to maybe even to find a group. And I think that's so important. I don't think I'd be here today if it wasn't for a small group uh, that helped me in my own journey to understand what it means to be true friends and to unpack some things in my life. I showed them in a church, didn't know anything, and I was grateful for next steps. I was grateful for a small group. I was grateful for a place that I could make a difference with my life. And I think you do that through providing a pathway. When I, I didn't know anything to do next when I when I was at church. I just knew that God had did something, He had done something in my life. So I'm grateful for some people who helped me navigate steps so that I could be everything that God intended for me to be. Would not have happened without a step. Hey, would not have happened without a group. And so grateful for that. And then the other thing, and we'll talk a little bit about it also, is just generosity. I'm so glad to be in a, don't you love being around generous people? Come on. You know, it ain't, ain't nothing fun about being around a stingy person, but I love being around generous people. This is a generous house. If you're here kicking the tires at Go Church, I'm going to tell you, you're around people here that are generous. They love others. They're doing all they can to serve, to do outreach. And I mean, my goodness, I think you're giving out like a thousand turkeys just in the next 24 hours whole lot of people are going to be blessed with some turkey. And, and, and that's because of your heartbeat, your faithfulness, and your tithe and offering. So I thank God for that opportunity. And, and, and I think that is so important right now in the here and now that we're navigating with people. I know that comes right out of the hearts of your pastors. And I've known Pastor JC and, and his, his, his wife, Kimberly, for a long time. They love God. They love people. Uh, close friends. And I can tell you this about your pastor, just being around them, listening during the week, talking about what's going on in the world today. And I just want to say, I appreciate you guys having such a pure heart, real deal. I want to honor you for how you've navigated all the things that are going on in the world today. You've led so well. And can I tell you something, church, when God gives you leaders like this, that are generous, that love him, both are great communicators, uh, love God's word, and they're doing all they can right now in this very challenging times with suffering humanity, hurting humanity, just to have God's heart. He gives you a gift, and your pastors are a gift from God. Can we clap our hands one more time for your pastors? Just how you've led in 2020. I've watched you. 
And I'm just so grateful for it. Just the debt takes a lot of dedication, takes a lot of prayer. Pastor JC is a man of prayer and so grateful for that. So greetings from Birmingham, uh, Alabama. I pastored in Louisiana for 20 something years, relocated over to Alabama uh, a couple, four or five years ago. And uh, get to be a part of a great church like this, multiple services, seeing people baptized. We giving out turkeys uh, next week also to some of our communities that have gone through uh, pain this year, challenges. And, and I also get to lead an organization where we plant churches. You're a part of that. Pastor JC helps us with that, his leadership. Sometimes we have young planters that want to go and do what you do here in another city. So we say, hey, go look at Go Church. Go, go do it like they're doing it. They got great people, people who are serving on team. So we planted 911 churches in the last 20 years. And I think, we're, and we even planted during COVID. We, we planted 35 churches this year. And uh, I think we'll plant 90 churches next year, Pastor. Uh, just looking for a lot of a push to that next year. It's going to be a great year. Sometimes in the hardest of times, uh, you just need the good news. And, and we believe in planting churches that are all gospel-centered, Jesus first. And we're going to do that. Every time you tithe, you give, when you uh, are part of this legacy offering in a few weekends, uh, some of that is going to help to just do this in other places, along with all the partnerships that you have uh, in this region. I like being a part of that. Uh, I've got my wife with me. She'll be here in the next service. And my daughter, uh, she's a freshman at Alabama and we're LSU people, but we allowed her to go to Alabama. So it's a little bit of pain for us. We're struggling right now. Pray for us. Extend your hands towards me right now. And so anyway, I was glad we were going to the Alabama LSU game in Baton Rouge and, uh, and, and coach O didn't want to play Alabama this year. I'm telling you right now. So really LSU has beat Alabama two years in a row. We're just going to call it that right now. So some of you will get that. You follow it college football, but our family loves this family. I feel like family when I'm here. I make myself at home. Uh, I enjoy myself. I love the worship. Uh, I may come to your house after service, eat some lunch, sit up on your sofa. I will use your toilet. I am not scared. I'm just that guy. I'm Italian. My wife Cajun. We got a whole lot going on, if you know what I'm talking about. So it's an honor to communicate for a few minutes. I love the series that you're in, Legacy. I think that is so important and, and, and how important it is as uh, Pastor was teaching us last week along the lines of legacy is a little bit of what you want to be known for, how you want to leave your life. But then the other side of legacy, which I think is so important, is what God thinks about us, kind of what we leave that's lasting, how we have an eternal impact. And you can't do that without an over and above spirit, without an over and above heart. And I believe that's the heart of this house. And I want to encourage you, we have a legacy offering also uh, in a few weeks. And so we'll gather together on December 6th and there's two things that I want to share this with you before I pray. Two things my family will do every single time we get ready for over and above giving. We faithful in the tithe. That's just God's, that's just God. We go online, we text to give. I just want to automatically, just instantly give that to God because he's been so good to me. But every time our family comes into a legacy moment where we are praying about giving over and above to help humanity, to, to, for the great commission, to, to reach people that are hurting uh, there's two things we do. We pray. It's a matter of prayer. I want to hear from God. I, I don't want to hear from my feelings. I don't want to hear from my doubt. Come on, somebody. I want to hear from God. I want to hear faith. And then here's the second thing we do. It's real simple. We participate. We pray 
and then we plan to participate. And whether that's online or, or, or different ways, but I want you to I want you to pray and then all call participation on December the sixth. Why? So that we can continue to make a difference, reaching more hurting people than ever, spreading the gospel. And I know God is going to help you during this time. So I'm excited about the eternal impact that we're going to do as it relates to our legacy giving. And really, it's a legacy living, to be honest with you. We just want to live out legacy. So I want to come along that series, and I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea of refresher, refresher, refresher. Uh, let's pray. Father, we love you, and I thank you for this house, and I thank you for our pastors, and Lord, what you're doing. And we pray, God, you speak to us for a few minutes. Lord, we thank you for the presence of Jesus that we sense right here in all the areas of this campus, at our other campus, those watching, participating today in their moments. Lord, thank you, Father, for a house of generosity. It's an amazing thing, the freedom that comes into our life when we understand generosity. So, Father, I just pray, thank you for our pastors. Lord, bless them, strengthen them. Help us today as we lean in. Lord, thank you, Father, that you're fully aware of what's happening in our life. And so speak to us. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Come on, look over to your neighbor and say, glad you're, glad you're in church. Glad you're in church. Just give them a little kind. Come on, look at the other neighbor that was your second choice and tell them you need church. You need some church in your life. And, uh, I came to Christ at 18 years old, got involved with a little small church, uh, uh, raised in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Come on, shout out to Dirty Myrtle. And, uh, and so raised in Myrtle Beach, got involved with a little church, small church, beach church. And my pastor was a strong man. He was a, a confronter. Uh, he was a long-winded preacher, preached forever, whole series on a weekend. We did 52 series. Every Sunday was a series. I mean, you, you weren't going to be, beat nobody to Bonanza. You weren't going to beat nobody to Popeye's Chicken. You the last one to Popeye's Chicken for lunch. Preach forever. Good man, godly man, and, and it, very random, always something different. But there was one thing he did every single Sunday. I was in that church for three years before I went to Bible college. He did this every single Sunday. Every single Sunday, he shared one verse, same verse for all those three years that I was in that church. And he would do it during the offering. And every Sunday, he would read this verse and preach on it for just a moment. Uh, for all those Sundays, Proverbs eleven twenty five. Proverbs eleven twenty five. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others, others, others will be refreshed. And it always teach you around the same thing. Here I'm 19 years old, 20 years old, just came to Christ and was not raised in church, did not know the Bible, did not know any spiritual context at all. But he would lean in and he would teach us this idea that the most refreshing thing you can do is to give your life away. People are always looking to do something refreshing. I want my life refreshed. I want my relationship refreshed. I want new thoughts. I want to think a different way. I want to live a different way. I, I need my marriage to be revitalized. I need a, a new fire uh, with my children. I, I just need these new things and these refreshed things. And he would teach every single Sunday. And I'm so grateful for the foundation as a young man to realize that the most refreshing thing I can do for my own life is to give my life away. He knew that there was something to the blessing on our life. And can I tell you something else? He knew some things at an older age that I didn't know. He understood what the more in your life was for. 
Okay, uh, think about it. I, I want to say that again. What the more is for. Sometimes we wonder, why am I blessed? Why do I see people in a, in a different situation? And why has God been good to me where I'm able to have, uh, where, where I'm able to have a home or I'm able to have a vehicle or I'm able to have clean drinking water? And there are th- millions of people that don't have these things and they don't have this opportunity. How many knows there's always somebody even less fortunate than we are in our deepest pain? You can always find somebody that's struggling at a level lower than even what you're struggling in. And sometimes you've got to ask yourself, why do I have a home? Why do I have a pair of shoes? Why are we blessed to be able to go on a weekend getaway? You want to also tag to that what the more is for. God, you've blessed me so I could be a blessing. So my pastor would always say as he introduced offering time and a time of giving, he'd say, it's refreshment time here at Living Faith. We're about to break out the refreshments. You think maybe some M&M or some lemonade? No, 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 no. The most refreshing thing you can do is when you refresh others. Because we're living in a world today that doesn't feel real, real refreshed. There are so many people and many of us at the time are living in a dry place. But in Proverbs, it tells us, it reinforces in Proverbs, the book of wisdom That really to be refreshed is not actually about getting, it's really about giving. It's in the distributing, it's in the going out, it's in the relaying. It's the principle when you pour your life out to others, he pours himself into you. But then we also at times feel like we're living not only in a dry place, but sometimes we feel like we're living in an empty place, but that there's nothing in our glass, there's nothing in our soul, there's nothing in our cup. And, and here the Proverbs is telling us and the, the Spirit of God is telling us that when you pour your, out, your life out for others, he will fill you up. So many people, they want to be filled up. I want to be filled up in my life. and I want to be refreshing. And I love that word refreshed in Proverbs eleven twenty five 25, because it actually means to fresh again, uh, a, a pick me up. It means uh, to cool off. It means radiant. It means a blast of energy. Also means a breath of new life. And how often we need a breath of new life in our own world, in our, our own chapter that we're living in. And here the Bible says there's a way to do that is when you pour your life out to others. We find ourselves in a dry place. We find ourselves sometimes, even this year, in an empty place. We can also find ourselves kind of in a down place. Have you ever woke up in the morning and, and, and feeling good and by the night you're feeling down? You ever felt good about your life and then you get on Instagram and you see somebody else? I call it Insta scam. Hey, you know, they're like, you know, my marriage is so amazing. My children are like perfect. They woke, woke up, read scriptures, and later on they just they read the encyclopedia. And then we're, we're going to be going to do an outreach later on. And then my children, before they went to bed, they recited the book of James. And you're like, my kids barely make it. Come on, son. I, I didn't even fix some cereal this morning. I mean, it's like, you, and, you, and, you, and you can get down because you see other people's lives. We can get low, low. God says, I have a pathway. I'm going to help you out of the dumps of a dilemma. I'm going to help you out of the dumps of the uncertainty of the world that we're living in, in the pain and the injustice and, and the right and the wrongs that we're living in. Sometimes we find ourselves living in the lowlands of me, myself, and I. We found ourselves in the basement of fear, in the basement of selfishness, in the basement of hurt. God says, no, just open up your heart. And not only open up your heart, but open up your hand. 
and I will flow and I will rain and I will spill over into your life. And if you want a stimulus, I can give you the greatest stimulus in your own soul. When you reach out to other people, it's the heart of God. It's what it means when we meet a savior, what it means when we, we meet forgiveness and we meet grace and we meet mercy of this idea, Lord, that you bless me and you've helped me. And now I can live my life in an overflow to others because they are right there. You will refresh my life. Keep me refreshed in a dry and an empty and a very down world sometimes. Uh, you know, I've had an interesting relationship with Starbucks all these years. I can remember the first Starbucks I went to, it was in Memphis with Pastor John Siebling, and they'd opened up one there. It, it, it was not in Baton Rouge. You, you get things in Louisiana like 15 years later, and so it's just the way we roll in Louisiana. And so he gets it first, and I'd never been to one in my life. And you know when a friend has something, he knows about something before you know about it, and he just feels so cool, and you feel so not it. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to pick you up early before we go to conference. But drop, we're going to go by Starbucks. Okay, what is that? I don't, I don't know what that is. Where, where are we going? That doesn't sound sanctified. I'm a little worried about that. Now just come on, we're going to Starbucks. Just the way he says it was cool. So he picks me up in Memphis. We go to Starbucks. I, I, I didn't know. I've never been to a coffee shop. I mean, I, we walk in. It's just so cool. There's like, you know, all this cool stuff on the menu. And people are sitting around with like headphones on on their computer. Everybody's like blogging. And it's just so cool. And, you know, I don't know where to put my hands. I don't know where to stand. I don't know what to do. And it's just, you know, just order. Just order something. You know, Coffee. And no, no, would you like one? So I'm, I'm struggling. You know what size? Small. They're like, no, it's you did a grande, venti. Okay, where am I? Am I in France? Am I in Italy? Where I'm in Memphis. So I'm totally clued out, and I order. He's talking to me, and I hear him say my name, Dino, and I'm like, "What? What? That's my name for?" And so I go down to the end. I get my drink. I'm just standing around again. I'm embarrassed. I, everybody else is real cool. They're kind of like, "What's up?" And you know, got beanies on and just really cool, like some sandals. It's just so mega out there, and I'm just, you know, and, and it's like, and you know, and then also somebody calls my name, Dino. What are you calling my name for? You don't know me. Well, you don't know my you don't know my people. You don't know our cup. What do you know my name for? So he knows my name, and so it's you no. Know, they they write your name on the cup. So I remember getting it the first day. I go to a conference with my first Starbucks cup, and you just cool. You got game right there. Like, what's up? Dino, hold it all night long. So I've had an interesting journey with it. I remember early on, I would just order like a, a latte. Then it went to like a macchiato, just going just gonna to throw you off a little bit. And I can remember I went through a scholastic season in my life where I would order like a vanilla chai. Doing, I'm getting a chai tea, working on my thesis, just working on my doctorate. Yeah. And, then, and, then I, and then I moved for about 10 years to a white chocolate mocha, well-stirred, skinny, no whip complicated orderer, you know, real complicated order. And so that, I did that for 10 years. I found out there's like 800 calories in it. And yeah. And so then my wife says, you got to get a better drink. I'm not handling that anymore. You know, it just, this is too much on you. And so I, I discovered a drink about a year ago called a strawberry acai refresher. That's a refresher. And I love the way you say it. 
Because when I go in, I always say it like that. Can I have a strawberry acai? You just emphasize it because then you just feel so global. It's just a global thing that's going on with me. And so, I, I, and I get it every, I don't, I drink a hot tea in the morning from home. And then about one o'clock, I go get a strawberry acai refresher. And I drink it one way, the same way, every single day. I get it and I do this. Man, I feel like Ric Flair. I'll refresh now. I feel refreshed. I hit that in the afternoon. I'm ready for the rest of the day. It's amazing to me that the Bible says that the way that you experience a true refreshing in your own life, in your own home, in your own soul, is when you refresh others. That's the way that you experience to be a refresher. It's amazing how God helps us with this. Because in our life, sometimes we need that in our life. Can that translate over to my thinking? Can that translate over to my worry? Come on, somebody. Can that translate over to my depression and my anxiety and my own trauma and my own addiction and my own problem? Is there a way to translate that over into my heart? God says, yeah. Give you a bunch of it. I'm going to help you be refreshed by me. Then I'm going to help you live that way. Tells us in Proverbs, those who refresh others will be refreshed. Can I tell you something? We've been refreshed for purpose, not just for pleasure. Oh, come on, somebody. We've been refreshed for purpose, not just for pleasure. You know, the, the Bible is full of these refresher truths uh, all over Scripture. I'll, I'll read a few more to you. One is in Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 8 to 10, I'm going to read you some of the Bible here. It, just, it so encourages me. It says, for as by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Not by works that no one can boast. This is an amazing thing. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus, amen, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There's something for you and I to do. When you and I get together on uh, tomorrow, we give out turkeys. God Almighty put that turkey giveaway in you even before you knew it. In advance, he gave you something to do. That's God's refreshing for us. Because we've been refreshed to do something, to do something. There's another one, book of Titus Came across this a few weeks ago. I love this verse. I've been stuck on this verse. Titus 3, verse 8. This is a trustworthy saying, so you can, it's trusted. And I want you to stress these things. Don't shy away from these things. Thank God for a pastor who will teach us tithe and offering. Thank God for a pastor who will teach us generosity. Thank God for the opportunity to be a part of a legacy giving. Lewis says, I'm going to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. Watch what it says. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. 
when we walk in those good things, when we devote ourselves to doing what is good, doing what is right, doing what is a blessing. Be careful. Give attention to those things. Be intentional about those things. And then I love this, one of my favorite, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. You are the light for the whole world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one lights a lamp, puts it under a bowl, instead puts it on a lampstand where it gives light for everyone in the house. In the same way, your light must shine before people so that they may see the good things you do. Not just the good things you say, not just the good ideas that you have, but the good things you do, and then they will praise your Father in heaven. You mean to tell me that I can say words, and I can do works, and I can give worship, and through my words, and my works, and my worship, and my giving, and my devotion, that it will produce changed lives? Sign me up for more of that. Why? Because God has so changed my life. I mean, I've had an experience of forgiveness. I've had an experience of healing. I've had an experience of being set free. So I can live my life in a way now that other people will experience. Then I want more of that. I love those refresher truths that God gives us across Scripture. You know, I turned 56 this year. I love being 56. Don't, don't think that it's old. It's amazing to be 56. And I was with somebody the other day, and they said, you know, 56 is new 36. No, it's not. Snap out of it. You're 56. You're 56. I like being 56 because you can kind of say what you want, go to bed when you want. You've crossed over. And some nights I just say what I want, then I go to bed. I don't care. Got all these kids at my house, got my son-in-law at my house, got all these people dating my daughters at my house. I just go in there, y'all leave my house. I don't like none of y'all. I go straight to bed. I'm 56. I don't care. Grown old man. I love it. I love being 56. But one of the things about being old is you're asked a lot of advice. So I, go, I get to go to conferences like your pastor, I get to share some, and sometimes I get to speak. But I've kind of graduated now to the panel thing. So I'm on a lot of panels I'm like in the panel circuit. So it's like, I, I just, you know, just a lot of panel flow. And so I go to, con- I'm on a panel. Normally on a panel, they always ask this question like, hey, you know, what would you tell your younger self? Why, am I, am I ancient? I mean, I'm still the same person, you know. And so there always needs to be, but I was asked a very interesting question the other day. It threw me. The person asked, looked at me and said, name the three greatest decisions you've ever made. I thought he was going to ask me what were the bad decisions, you know, how have you navigated it? What are the great, and I, I thought about it, and I've processed it since then. I, I wrote these three things down. I think the first one, uh, three best decisions I made was when I said yes to Jesus Christ. Changed everything. I mean, it, 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 it's impacted all of my yesterday. Come on. And it impacts all of my todays. Mm, and it'll impact my tomorrow. When I said yes to Jesus Christ, changed everything. Here's the second greatest decision I ever made in my life was when I asked Delinda to marry me. I mean, the domino effect of who you marry or, or whether you're single, single again, whatever, whatever your dynamic is, who you choose to do life with is super important. So when, when I asked Delinda to marry me, she said yes to the dress. Man, we're on. We're on. It's a huge impact of the impact. she, The domino effects of that to our children, our impact of our life, third best decision. And I think this has so much about legacy. 
what the more is for, what your pastor's been teaching you around the idea of legacy. Here's the third best decision. I want you to hear this. It's when I decided, and I wrote it this way for a purpose, when I decided to give my life to the cause of Christ through and with the local church family. Third best decision I've ever made in my life. When I was 20 years old, and my pastor looked at me and said, I want you to be a giver. I want you to serve. I think there's something on your life where you can contribute and you can make a difference in the family of God. When I made a decision at that age that I'm going to give my life to the cause of Jesus Christ and I'm going to do it through and with the local church, I decided that day to be a contributor, not just a consumer, because we're living in a consumer world right now. Just whatever feels good right now. However, it benefits me right now. And you can't do anything great when the only reason you do it is it benefits you. Can I have a better amen? When I decided to be a contributor, not a consumer, when I decided to be a steward of God's blessing, a steward of what he's put on my life, not just a shopper, just not going to shop around church or shop churches. No, I'm going to be committed. Can I tell you something? It changed everything in my life. At 19 years old, I decided to give my time, my talent, my treasure. And and what I didn't even know is I said yes to being a refresher. I said yes, here I am, no strings attached. And can I tell you something, go church? I have no regrets. I have no regrets of every hour I've served, every, every resource I've given, every time I've tithed, every time I've said yes to praying for someone, every time. I've been available. I have no regrets, but I can tell you this, I have a lot of rewards. And the greatest reward was when I will hear from Jesus, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That will be the greatest refreshing of all things. When you make that decision, Lord, just help us in these areas of our life. To make that decision to serve, to give, to care, to notice, to step forward, not step back, uh, to be present, not to be a ghost, to be available, uh, not to be unavailable. All these, Lord, no regrets in that in all my life. And my wife and I, thank God for a family now that. Through our journey and through the trauma and through the pain of all that we all go through in this room and watching online. Thank God that today we are all of our little family is still pointed towards Jesus. Now ain't perfect. Come on, somebody. I mean, but but thank God we're at least we're pointed towards Jesus. And over and over again, we sense this refreshing from God Almighty. And we've been refreshed. And we want to refresh others. Hey, you know what? And I don't want it to stop. I don't want it to stop. I've come to share that scripture with you. Uh, to sow into what God is doing through this legacy and through this church, through your heartbeat. But I wrote down one idea today. One big, just one handle. One idea, one handle, one thought Sometimes it's five, sometimes pastor gives us four, but I just, I I boiled this down to one idea. Here's the idea that I want to give you that I just want you to grab hold to as 
We prepare our hearts. We're going to see people at Thanksgiving. Hopefully we may see someone stranger. We may run into someone as we get ready for legacy. Here's the one idea, and this is what I want to give to you, is this. When you refresh others, Jesus ultimately is revealed to you. And there's not a greater reward. Oh, I love seeing people blessed. I'm in love watching people come on Monday, come to go church and receive a turkey and actually use it on a Thursday and feed their family. We're giving out baskets all this week and there'll be a family that will get that basket. Come on, get that jiffy cornbread and, and grab hold of that, to them green beans and, and we'll bless their family. Boy, the reward of, of feeding a family during COVID. Come on, somebody. The reward of being a part of a church that's generous, even at a time where there's so many needs around us. Oh, that's a great reward. But the greatest reward of being a giver, the greatest reward of generosity, the greatest reward of refreshing is just Jesus is revealed to you. And can I tell you something? I need a lot of Jesus revealed to me right now. So right now trying to figure out school and job and being an entrepreneur, owning a business or selling a business. And what do I do with this house? And how do I figure out this apartment? And what's next for my grown kids? Come on. How many knows that grace for grown kids is another whole level than grace for them babies? Lord Jesus. I thought it was rough when they had colic. Get them an iPhone. Come on, somebody. God have mercy on us all. But the greatest thing about being a refresher, because that's what you are every time you give. That's what legacy offering is all about. You're refreshing others through the gospel. It's ultimately the reward is Jesus is revealed to me. And I need it. When I serve, when I lead a small group, when I help somebody. Because it makes me think of Matthew 25, 40, Pastor J.C., and the king will answer and say to them, surely I say to you, in as much as you did it to one, just one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You know what I see when I see people lined up to get a turkey? I don't see a neighbor. I don't see someone that's not, that maybe doesn't have a home. I, I don't see someone that's struggling with a reduced opportunity. I see Jesus. Because if Matthew's true, then if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Jesus is saying in your giving, in your helping, in your serving, in your loving that neighbor, when you visit that sick person and slide that card under the door, you bring that meal and step back from the door and just wave at him. Hey, you see Jesus in that situation. It's not just the Rogers or the Jones. It's the Savior. It's a group of people who came to Calcutta and they took Mother Teresa. They were studying the work of Mother Teresa. And these scholars got around Mother Teresa and they said, Mother Teresa, if you've had a vision of Jesus, if you've actually seen the Lord had a vision of Jesus, then we may could put you into a category of being a saint or whatever that expression is. And they said, we need to know if you've had a vision of Jesus, a certified recorded vision of our Savior. Little Mother Teresa, about 5'2", looked at them and said, I saw him this morning. They said, where, where did you, you had a vision of Jesus? I had one this morning. 
take us there. Where, where, where did you have it? She said, walk outside. They walked outside into the curb and there was a gutter. She said, this morning early, I picked up a child that, that had been exhausted from hunger and had fallen into the gutter. And I lifted that child up out of the gutter. And as I moved its hair from its matted face and I took the, 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 the debris off of his face, I, I, I looked and had a vision of Jesus. She said, I see Jesus every time I feed the poor. I help the hurting. I love the suffering. I see him every day. Hey, let's be that church. Let's be those people. What'd you do today? I saw Jesus. Where was he? Over there in that parking lot. Standing in line for a turkey. When I gave, when I served, I saw Jesus. Can I have a good amen? Let's bow our heads, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace over our own lives. Lord, I pray that each one of us will lean in to actually being a refresher of others. And the way that we do that is we just lean into you, Lord. And we just live with an open heart and open hand. You set us free from our selfishness and our, me, myself, and I. And I know we have pain and we have problems and we're walking through our own battle and dealing with our own struggle. But Lord, help us to lift up our head. So, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you would help us during these times to see Jesus. I pray that over this church, over this house, those watching at our other campus, watching online, watching on demand to live above and beyond over every person in Jesus' name. Let us be those people, God. Those people. Maybe you're here today in just a moment. One of our campus pastors are going to come give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Dino, you know what? I need, a, I need to be refreshed. I need a new beginning in my own life. I need a fresh start in my own life. I feel far from God. I feel away from God. We're going to help you take a next step and we're going to help you take that journey. This is... A time in our service where people say yes to Jesus Christ. They say yes to the invitation of the gospel. So all across this room, I'm not going to have you stand or come forward. We're going to help you with some of those other steps here in a moment. But for me, I just want to lead you in prayer. Then we're going to worship and take that journey together. But all across this room, if that's you, if you say, Dino, uh, can you pray for me? Because I feel far from God. I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. If, if, if that's you, all across this room, not going to embarrass you. Just want to connect with that. If you say, Dina, can you just pray for me this morning? Can you just lift up your hand all across this room? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I need a new beginning. Hey, I need to start over. I just need a fresh start today. Thank you so much. I see another. I need a fresh start. Thank you. Thank you. Watching online, that opportunity there online and that platform, say yes. Maybe watching on demand, say yes. Watching other campus, say yes. Can I lead you in prayer? And then we're going to worship. Let's all pray this out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you died for me. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died 
You rose again, and I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Come on, can we all say that again? I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Give me a new beginning. Give me a fresh start in Jesus' name. Father, I pray you bless your people. God, let them sense a refreshing when they leave today so that they can refresh others. Let there be a refreshing of heaven. Let there be a refreshing of the power of the Holy Spirit. Let there be a refreshing of your grace and of your mercy, God. So, Lord, just send your rain, send your grace, send your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen, 